Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. We're back. <laughs> and I don't know if you doubted that we would we're be, back. but we, we never are. left, but we're back. <laughs> we are back. We're still trying to figure out if there's another way to open this podcast, but. So we're about 10 episodes ahead of everybody else. So when you <laughs> asked me, true. hey, when you talked about this, I was like, I don't remember. <laughs> I do not. What Meaning did we-, we record in advance. Yeah. So, yeah, people will come up and be like, oh, the podcast this week, it was great. And I'm going, I'm sure it was. <laughs> well, my mother-in-law texted me and says, love Joel Michaels. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that was like four episodes, five episodes ago. I started out the podcast with this is Joel Michaels. And so she must have just listened to it. Yeah, <laughs> I get myself in trouble because... I think we've gotten a little more loose, a little more comfortable doing the podcast. So I'll just be talking and then someone will come up to me and say like, oh, I heard you don't like peas, which is whatever. It's this random thing. And I'm like, how do they know this about <laughs> my life? And I said it on mic somewhere. <laughs> so I have to be careful. We're giving you a lot of information what, you can use against us in the future. What secrets here on the podcast? <laughs> we have to be pretty secure, right? Yeah. So. What are we talking about today? We are talking about choice. One choice or choices? Whichever one <laughs> you want to go down. <laughs> Um, well, this was mom's topic, wasn't it? Yeah. No, I I like talking about choice, and I think you Great. just think I gave you the idea. No, because I'm the one who creates the topics right. most of the time. And so sometimes- Okay, I want to clarify. She says that she's the one that creates the topics, but she started about episode like 65. Who created the other ones, the other 65? You did not create 65 topics. Well, I, I would say, why well, <laughs> made a, a list of like of 40? There was a period of time where you were doing it and then somehow it just transitioned over. But if you ever want that back. So now you know why we're talking about feelings. <laughs> no, and, we're not talking, uh, we're talking about, about choice. Conflict. <laughs> conflict resolution. <laughs> My conflict is to stay away from the person, you know, <laughs> that's my resolution. No, we work through to understanding. Depending who it is. <laughs> we work through to understanding. That's what we're telling people. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, you guys. <laughs> that's her. That's her. Oh, boy. I don't know where to go. You guys. You people. <laughs> um, so... One day I heard Mama Melody say, oh, that would be a good topic. And I, my ears perked up and I said, yes, there you go. We've got another topic for another, another episode. Um, so, hey, if you ever want to give us a topic to talk about, send them on in. I'll take them. <laughs> if I like them, we'll use them. <laughs> so, um, so we're talking about choice because Mama mentioned that that one day. And so... All of us came and we go, oh, we don't have a lot to talk about here. So, so this we'll will be a three hour podcast. Probably. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. No, don't, don't. Oh, well, they, they don't can even see the throw time. that out into <laughs> the universe. We don't want a three hour no, episode. No, no, no. <laughs> that one would really be unedited. <laughs> like I can't. I'm just going to put it out. The first hour will be produced. And after that, it's 
you'll hear a shift. <laughs> so, um, yeah. What do you want to, where do you want to go here with choice? Well, I think the Somebody first have a definition? thing. We usually have oh, a I definition. Don't have a, I don't have a definition for choice. Right. I think everyone knows what a choice is. Don't you think? You know, okay. these days I have no idea. <laughs> these days you never know. Well, the bottom line, we do hold the power of choice, and that was given to us by God. It was one of the gifts that he gave uh, the man and woman in the garden. He gave them the power uh, to choose for themselves and to choose to store their resources, to choose to store the garden and uh, to make the decisions for their life. And we know they did really good in some ways, but then we also, the whole world for all eternity will know their story when they made a choice that affected mankind. Yep. Which so. in some uh, ways at looking at that story, some say they're like an archetype of humanity. Like, you know, some, some people would say, oh, we, it's all Adam and Eve's fault, but really like, it's a human propensity to absolutely choose for ourselves. Absolutely. <laughs> what is going to benefit me the most? Uh, so it's, yeah, I mean, we could take it back to Adam and Eve, but I think we could also take it back to every single person of. And, well, without going into this too deeply, yeah. if you listen to this podcast for any period of time, we believe in free will. Yes. Free will. And yes. so we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, because we could talk about that more, but I, I think. But what what shapes our choices, and I think that was very important in the garden, because uh, God didn't come down after the the serpent lied to the woman. He didn't come down and put out his arms and say, "Don't do it. Don't eat of the tree. Don't listen to that liar." Yeah. He allowed them to process what they heard and to make a choice. Mm -hmm. And wow. That's pretty heavy duty because I think I would have been jumping in front of my kids. Mm -hmm. uh, I would have assumed the responsibility to try to change your opinion, change your way of thinking so that you would uh, make the choice I wanted you to make. But he gave us the ability to choose and we make Oh my gosh, we make so many choices every day. I didn't Google how many choices do we make in a day. I know we have about 36,000 thoughts, conscious thoughts in a day. And that's conscious, deliberate thoughts that we have. Yeah. Well, from my perspective, it's, I don't think you can have a loving relationship with your creator if yes. there isn't choice. Yep. Or okay. a loving relationship with each other. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's always been my perspective of how how amazing and how loving would our God be that he gave us the choice to choose him back. Like we are created in the image and likeness of our father, God. So having the choice to love is from him. <laughs> well, in Ephesians, I love my favorite scripture. I bring it up all the time. In Ephesians 1, 4, he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. So before we were even conceived in our mother's womb, he already chose us. Mm -hmm. That's pretty awesome. It wasn't because we were perfect. It wasn't because we would ever be perfect. It, uh, I mean, he knows the beginning from the end. He's already been in our future and he chose us. That, that is amazing. And the more 
at least in my relationship with the Lord, the more I get to know him, mm-hmm. the more I want to choose him. Mm-hmm. Like it becomes like when you recognize his love for us, you just want to love him back, which mm-hmm. you could say of, of a human relationship to a very uh, small degree compared to God's relationship. But, uh, but that, yeah, love in, you don't have to agree with me, but I think love requires choice. I agree. Okay. I concur. <laughs> there we go. Well, you said earlier about that uh, there's power in choice or there's when you choose, there's power in that. Can you explain that a little bit more? Like, what do well, you mean by that? Power, power is the ability to have an, an effect. So uh, we all want power because we want to see a response from our power. And what is our power? It's the power of choice. So when I use my personal authority to choose something, then I actually have this amazing ability to influence the impact or the outcome of something. So when I choose good, I have a good opportunity to receive good. If I choose that which is evil, there will be a very good chance that I'll receive the fruits of evil. So God has given us the ability to say, you have the power to make a choice. And from that place of choice, there will be a consequence or there will be an outcome. Because the fact is God gave, back to man and woman in the garden, he gave them choice. They made a a choice that was in response to a lie from the enemy. And there was a consequence. So he gave them the power to choose. But when we choose, we've also chosen the consequence. That's why, isn't it true in life? We Okay, before I make a decision, I want to really think about this. I want to gather the information. And, you know, sometimes we take a, a long time to make a choice in our life because we know that that choice is going to hold with it consequences. And um, so we want to blame consequences on God, but we're the one that made the choice. Mm-hmm. Say, God, why did you let that happen? He goes, well, why did you choose this? Or, oh, this is just amazing. And he goes, thank you for choosing that. And and I've said this probably, I don't know how many podcasts already, but every morning I get up, the first thing out of my mouth, Father, I choose you. Jesus, I choose you. Holy Spirit, I choose you. I mean, I make a conscious choice to choose him. Mm -hmm. No matter how I feel, no matter what I'm facing, I choose him. And in the midst of difficult situations, the first thing that comes to me is in this situation, I might be powerless or I don't know what to do, or I don't know what decisions to make. So until I know, I just simply choose you. And because there's so much power in that, because think about it. If, if that's what I chose, the consequence is his involvement in my life. Mm-hmm. The byproduct is, you know, the infinite God invading my finite world. Mm-hmm. So that is... You know, the, so choice and consequences are tied together. Always. And so that, you know, a lot of times consequences are viewed as a dirty word, mm-hmm. but it's really a beautiful thing if you take 
control, mm-hmm. uh, especially internally, and make the right choice. Yeah. Because we know that's going to follow. Actually, um, there's um, uh, a law. It's a mathematical equation. It's C plus R equals O. C represents consequence or circumstances in our life or the cons- what we're facing, you know, right now, the circumstance we're facing. And um, so C is the consequence or the situation plus R, which is our response to that circumstance equals outcome. So even though we don't have power over the outcome, the response that we make or the choice that we make to the situation in our life will influence that outcome. So we don't have power over the circumstance and we don't have power over the outcome, but that R, that response. That's where our place of power is. is. our place of power. Right. And the other part of this is that the story we tell ourselves, you know, what's taking place in us and what we believe and how we think and the story we communicate about whatever that circumstance is really shapes our response. So um, I had the, I call it the rock saga. I was driving my cute little... Betsy to my car around the mountain <laughs> the and I hit that's her given name. That's not the model. Yeah, anything. that's right. That's my name for my car and, um, uh, uh, rock, big rock boulder, whatever it was, uh, came down on the road and I hit it. And so, you know, I pushed up the mountain a little bit and got off to the side of the road and I'm sitting there. My husband is in Kansas City. Uh, and uh, So here I am alone and it's pouring down torrential rains and I'm sitting there and um, the first thing I said, okay, God, I choose you in this and um, I will not write some fear-based story. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to look at this situation and begin to imagine everything that could go wrong. I'm just a couple feet off the road with cars driving so fast right aside of me. And so I had to talk to myself. I had to uh, embrace a God story, mm-hmm. a story of faith, a, a, a story of confidence, a story of courage, so that my response to that would be much healthier. And um, ultimately, you know, after a few hours, everything, you know, kind of was taken care of and I was back home safe in my little house. (laughs) But um, so you didn't have power over the circumstance because it happened. It happened. But you have power over your response of it. And that response, like sometimes we think like our options are limited, but sometimes that the response is being developed by the story we're telling. Like basically your thoughts equal how your opportunity for choice. Like if I tell myself, and how how often do we hear this from people of like, um, there's no option. Mm -hmm. And then you go, well, what about this option and this option and this option? But their brain has told them a story that says there's no option. Mm -hmm. Or I can't handle this, or this is too much, or, yes. or or whatever that story is. And so if it's a limiting, self-sabotaging, defeating, fear-based story, it will shape a fear-based 
you know, response. And uh, actually, this is something I communicate a lot that we become the opposite of who we really are when we're afraid Mm -hmm. because we're not responding out of reasoning. And, And you go back to Eve when she was listening to that serpent, the words that the serpent spoke to her shaped the way she thought, which literally caused her to respond and say, wow, you know, hmm, if I do eat of that tree, I might be like God. Mm-hmm. Rather than stopping and saying, what am I saying to myself? Because I'm already like God. I've already been made in his image and likeness. I don't need to eat this fruit to be like God. I already am like God. But so she believed that story. So her response and then Adam's response to her response produced an outcome. The wages of sin is death. And... um it didn't change God at all. Yeah. He never stopped loving because he exists outside of time. Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. And Jesus paid the price. Why? So we could have that choice to receive him. Yeah. So this this podcast is more about we have the power to choose our own story. I mean, are we going to talk about every choice? Whatever you want to talk about. We usually don't know where we're going, so we just go with the flow. Lead us. Do you have a direction? Well, I was thinking about we tried some great restaurants out in Kansas City, and we made the choice. You made choices, right. I will say we went to Whataburger, and that was... A good choice? It was. Uh It was the nicest. It was the most... How can I put it? It was the best customer service experience I've ever had at a fast food restaurant. Wow. It was amazing. Did you leave a Yelp review? No. (laughs) There's two kinds of people in this world. (laughs) Those who leave Yelp reviews and those that don't. (laughs) Those that will never go back to a place again, but will not leave a review. (laughs) Were you... um, I was a little bit too young when these were really popular, but the choose your own adventure books, did you ever have those? Well, I, I, I'm familiar with them, okay. but I don't think I've ever read them. I always think about, I mean, I think about just that concept in life. Like sometimes we live like we have, like everything's already been mapped out and it just is what it is. And we just have to deal with it and adjust our lives accordingly. But I go, well, what if we get to choose our own adventure in some of these things? Like, what if if I actually made a choice that would change the narrative that I'm experiencing right now? Because we actually can do that. I Unle- believe it. Unless you are under extreme circumstance, which does happen yeah. sometimes. But for the majority of us, we get to choose our lives. Now, so you're in, saying in, there are some people that are a victim of their circumstance yes, in reality. Yes, and you are legitimately under a helpless state. I mean, you still can choose your attitude, but your circumstances are being controlled by someone else. But it's that is not everyone. And sometimes I think we put ourselves in that category when we're, we don't Absolutely. rightfully fit in that category because... I can make a choice today that's going to change the rest of my day. Mm -hmm. I can make lots of choices today that are going to determine the outcome, like you said, of 
my future, (laughs) whether my future was just we're talking about the next day or long term, it all we we have so much choice that I just don't think we just accept a lot of times, which what did did you say? Like responsibility, like you have to take responsibility that, hey, I have some I have some control in the matter. Mm hmm. Well, freedom and responsibility have to go hand in hand if there's truly going to be freedom experienced. Because you have to, like we use consequence, but like choice without desired outcome. I mean, like I could choose to drive on the other side of the road. I choose not to because I don't like the the outcome that could possibly happen. Right. So when when you look at life and the choices that we make, we have to also say, well, what do I want? Like, what is the desired outcome mm-hmm. for this? I think that's so good because if we can set some goals before us and maybe that goal is, you know, for me, my two words in, in this season of my life, life is to be peacefully present. Something I told myself in the car on the side <laughs> of the road, peacefully present, Melody, because I had no power over the circumstance, but I could choose to be peacefully present in a scary situation. Mm -hmm. Either I'm going to freak out, I'm going to start to cry, I'm going to do whatever it is. Steven's in another state. What am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? Uh, Whatever it is, I, I I could have done that, but what would it have produced? So my choice was I'm going to choose to be peacefully present. And in that, it, we realize, do you ever hear someone said, well, you made me mad. <laughs> Somebody doesn't have the power to make me mad. They might do some things, but I have the choice of how I'm going to respond to somebody else's actions. So you're saying someone doesn't have the power to control your internal world World. or your response, but they may have the power to control your external world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. Some, yes. Some, no. It depends well, what you're talking about. even if it's about. just playing with your kids and I'm wrestling with my youngest, I have the power to control him. Mm-hmm. But that's that's in a play environment. Right. But there are situations where people are powerless in the sense of being controlled externally. Yeah. Well, when I hit that rock, uh, I became, I there was nothing I could do about it. It was just what I had to deal with. And um, so, did it fall down the hill, or did you just see? It the was rock right or? on the. It was on the white line, and I was going around. So you're the driving mountain. recklessly. No, I wasn't driving recklessly. Thank goodness. And uh, but there was a lot of traffic. I was going with the flow, and I just hit it front tire, back tire, and of course tires. Oh, both. Yeah, the front and the back. That's why it's a whole saga at this. point. Yeah, the whole saga. We're. St- I'm still in the midst of the saga, <laughs> but, uh, but. Honestly, because this is one way that I'm really purposing to live my life. And uh, you even mentioned, Katie, earlier, well, say say the central question. And this is a powerful, it's based upon the science of axiogenics, but uh, it, it gives this question to ask ourselves because when we ask ourselves a question, it moves us out of emotion it moves us out of that internal drama we can feel at times, and it moves us into a place of wisdom. So neuroscience, it moves us out of the amygdala, which is the memory of emotional reactions, to the frontal cortex of the brain, which is the executive portion of our brain where 
wisdom lies where we make our choices from. So the question is, in you're facing a situation, a circumstance, what choice can I make and what action can I take in this moment to create the greatest net value? So when I'm facing something, I immediately ask myself, okay, what choice can I make? Because see, that choice is then going to produce an action. What action can I take in this moment? Because so often we're trying to make choices for something that's five years down the road. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's the standout and the central question Mm -hmm. is in this moment. In this moment, like right now. It takes takes all of the anxiety of projection and Mm -hmm. stories and experience and past into this moment. (laughs) What, and that's where we make our choice right now. Yeah. That's that's where our choice is is in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then what is our goal to create the greatest net value? So how can the choice that I make and the action can I take? How can that literally create value in my world? And that's for myself and it's for others. Mm-hmm. So I'm shifting my thinking into one, the power of my choice in being peacefully present in the moment. And then thirdly, doing something that holds value from that choice. And things done out of anger, frustration, irritation, whatever it is, it probably won't create a lot of value. But when I can take back, you know, that, that, part of me that wants to emotionally hijack with fear or whatever it is. And I stop and I say, what choice can I make and action can I take? I've stepped into wisdom, which gives me the ability to make a choice that can produce good. And that's really a very peaceful place. Mm-hmm. The power of that question is to get you to stop and think Mm-hmm. rather than just react. Absolutely. I would say most people, if they're in cycles within their life, it's because they're just reacting mm-hmm. um, and reacting in the same way that they've always reacted. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're getting the same outcome. And so that question really helps because it says, okay, I'm going to take the emotion out of it. I'm going to take the the behavior or that consistent behavior of how I always acted and I'm going to stop and think, I'm going to process, and what choice can I make to, to create the greatest net value now in this moment? Mm-hmm. And so I think there's power in it because it gets you to think rather than just react. Yeah. And isn't it true? Usually what I react to will have the opposite outcome of what I really desire. And, um, and why do, why do we react? Because our buttons get pushed, right? Or we get triggered and, or I'm in a situation, you know, my husband looks at me, rolls my eyes, and then I react. And because there, we've experienced things throughout our life where it caused fear, where we felt powerless, where we battled and struggled and, and were afraid. And, You know, I think of many decisions I made, especially before I knew the Lord, were so ego-driven that every decision I made wasn't to create value for others. It was all about me. And boy, did they backfire. (laughs) And um, 
And, you know, I was woman, hear me roar. I had to protect myself. Every man was a potential enemy. And so I lived so guarded, uh, afraid of everyone and everything because uh, I could be victimized. I, you know, something's going to happen. So you're living on the edge and your decisions you make literally create your reality. And I think also, as I was saying that, I believe sometimes we tell stories about who we are. Melody, you're not good enough. Melody, you'll never amount to anything. Then these are lies I believed. Melody, you're damaged goods. When I'm telling myself that story, then the choices I make begin to create the reality of that externally. I literally make decisions that position me Mm -hmm. to reinforce the story. See, I knew I wasn't good enough. Why does this always happen to me? Yeah, Because I've created that because I made choices based upon, you know, my reality. And, um, but I didn't know it until I knew it. (laughs) You know, so many things are so subconscious. But going back to that question no matter what my past was, no matter what mistakes I ever made, in this moment, I can choose to create value. Mm-hmm. I can, what choice can I make and action can I take in this moment? When we can all stop right now and when I'm facing something, say that whole thing, what choice can I make and action can I take in this moment to create the greatest net value? And that means value that is good for me and good for others. Mm -hmm. If I do that, you'll sense a calm come down as you shift out of emotions into that place of wisdom. One of the things that I think people get, like when they talk about the story that you tell yourself, a lot of times it's always the negative story that Mm -hmm. you tell yourself. But if you ever look and say, why is this person successful? Why do they always seem to be coming out on top? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe it's because the story that they tell themselves. Absolutely. And so just changing that fact can produce a different result. If, like I said before, if you are continually experiencing the same outcome or in seasons or you're in cycles within your life, could it be the thing that you tell yourself? Could it be... Uh, your perspective on a certain situation. So changing those things just even in a little way can obviously change the outcome. And hopefully the goal is to create positive value. Mm -hmm. That that's so good because isn't it, it's often that when we react and we make our choices out of that, we almost self-victimize ourselves or position ourselves for those outcomes to keep uh, going around the mountain. You know, the children of Israel, uh, they came out of Egypt and the truth was they were delivered. There was not one feeble one among them. They came out with the wealth of Egypt. Look at the truth of their story but they still viewed themselves from a slavery mindset that kept them going around the mountain for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was not God's will. That was their choice. 
And so often we're expecting God to supernaturally intervene in our world without us submitting our thoughts and our ways to his thoughts and his ways. And really, this is all choice right here. And so really, if we realize how powerful we are, uh, we can, if we're telling ourselves this story, stop (laughs) and tell God's story. What is his story about our story? Yeah, I, I was thinking like we could start to just ask ourselves, like, what do I say I always or this always mm, happens? Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's a good indicator of the story I've been telling. Mm-hmm. Like if 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 I, I, I don't know, if somebody hits me in the car, I have a car accident. Ugh, this always happens. Okay. Our, there's a track record here. But what is the story I've started to tell myself that I'm now expecting that this is an always situation in my life? I would say a hard truth to that is also like when you say, oh, this always happens. Mm -hmm. It could be because of how you were responding. Mm -hmm. You know, like this is always happening because of the choices that you're making. Mm -hmm. And and so coming to, to grips with that can possibly change the outcome of it. Mm-hmm. Going to hurt your feelings at first. But. That's why I said the hard truth <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah. And well, you always look at, so, well, this person, this always happens to me in relationships. There's one common yeah, denominator. Yeah, exactly. And so if you want to change it, there's things that you can do to, like I, and I talked about that a lot in this podcast. There are things that I didn't like how, how I was experiencing life. So I made a choice to, do it differently. Mm-hmm. And I got the different result. Who would have thought? Uh, just think if uh, I'll pick on women, you know, there's a wife who's angry at her husband. You don't do this. You don't do this. You know, they become the martyr rather than the mother, you know, and I'm doing all this stuff. And what are you doing? And they're yelling and they're frustrated and they're irritated. And then wonder why their husband isn't saying, oh, I love you so much, sweetheart, <laughs> because there's the story that they said about their life and about their marriage and about their family and all those things that that story has created a response that causes that husband to say, I think I'll work overtime this week. <laughs> yeah. Subconsciously. And they're, thank you for saying that because no one does that deliberately. I mean, some might, but most of the time I think it's subconscious. Yeah. I think it's reaction, emotion, fear, you know, uh, I mean, we have a propensity that when we've experienced anything similar to what we're experiencing in the moment, we want to knee jerk back to an old reaction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I realized in my own healing process is that there was things that happened to me when I was three years old, five years old, nine years old, whatever age I was. And as an adult, when something triggered, I felt the emotion that that three-year-old felt, that nine-year-old felt. Here I am an adult, but I'm thinking and feeling and telling a story that a three-year-old would say or a nine-year-old would say. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh my gosh, if you really process that, uh, we realize the beautiful choice we have to make is to run to the author and the finish of our faith, become very uh, deliberate, in our own maturation process 
to allow ourselves to become self-aware about what we are thinking, even if we just ask our qu- ourselves the question, okay, Melody, what story are you telling yourself right now? I'm freaking out. Stop. What story are you saying? Is mm-hmm. there reality to that story? No. It's how I feel, but that's not reality. That was a reality when I was five. That was a reality three years ago, but it is not today's reality. And for me, it was helpful understanding like the amygdala that you're, Mm -hmm. it's, it's the storage center of emotional memory. Yeah. And so my emotional reaction, yeah, my reaction or the memory, the memory of emotional reaction, reaction. Yeah. Yeah. So I might, it might, I might be experiencing it in my body as though it is happening now. Absolutely. Like just me logically having that knowledge Mm -hmm. is super helpful because then, because otherwise we just go, well, it's happening. I feel it in my body. It's true. But that was just an important piece for me to go, even though it feels as though it is happening in my body right now, what is actually logically true about this moment? That helped me to be able to separate. I like what you said because uh, you said that's how I feel. And yeah. so often we believe our feelings. But even the emotions are real. Oh, yes. we. But we believe in those feelings. We believe in those emotions. We believe they are the fact. Yeah. But they are just the byproduct of my thinking. Yeah. So the the source of it is my thoughts and where to all of our choices come from our thoughts. Why, when we step into anxiety, is it so hard to overcome? Is because I'm dealing with the feelings and the anxiety and the fear that's associated with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do with it, but it's, it's, that isn't the reality. There's a thought behind that. So if I can go to the story, then I can choose to look at that story from more of an objective perspective, from a place of wisdom, but easier preached than practice because emotions are very intense. They send chemicals through our whole body. Mm -hmm. We are physically feeling this. We are psychologically feeling this. That's why it screams stories in our mind, but that doesn't mean that that story is the reality. Mm -hmm. And the more we can begin to live our lives through a story that is based upon uh, not just eternal reality, not just the reality of my value as a human being, but uh, the reality that I have to make a choice for a potential better outcome. Mm -hmm. I have the power to choose. In the midst of the feelings, in the midst of the fear, I can make a choice. Yeah. And just knowing I can make a choice, instead of yelling at my husband, I can choose to have peace mm-hmm. and maybe ask a question. And responses, it will it can change relationships. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we can be saving somebody's marriage right now, you know, <laughs> because instead of reacting to one another and feeling victimized by one another or being used or be feeling like a martyr, uh, we can come and say, what? This person is amazing. I'm so glad they're in my life. Let me look at all the things I can celebrate. Let me look at the things I can be so grateful for. 
Which is See, a choice. Yeah. It's my choice mm-hmm. of where I'm going to camp. Mm-hmm. And from that place, I can make a choice. Yeah. yeah. Or a response. You said that we could be saving someone's marriage. <laughs> I thought that would be if we ever created merch. <laughs> Life exchange saved my marriage. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just spitballing right well, now. If you think it's going to change, you're like, hey, if you start applying this and it does, hey, let us know. We'll make a t-shirt, right? If we're buying an order of t-shirts, you're expecting a lot of marriages to be saved. <laughs> or Limited it could be edition. changed my life. <laughs> we were talking about how we're saying, well, this always happens. And you gave the example of like in a marriage. But I also thought of sometimes our reaction, our behavior can enable bad behavior from others. Yes. Mm -hmm. So an example of that would be, there was a point where my kids would want the kitchen open at nine, 10 at night. Mm -hmm. And I said, it's closed. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm hungry. Well, you should have ate earlier. And so sometimes like in the situation where you said about a husband and wife, Maybe the husband doesn't change because there's never any consequences for the behavior. Mm. And so like with my kids, obviously they would, oh, mom, can you? And I would, nope, it's closed. And guess what? They got accustomed to that. They adjusted themselves and, you know. But one thing when you did that, you made a choice because that was what was best for your household. It created value. It <laughs> Aaron what didn't have, you know, extra work or you didn't have to deal with the mess, but you yeah, made a like, choice, but it wasn't driven emotionally. No. It was a clear choice to address things. This is that not were working harmful. out. This, this is, is causing uh, more work for Aaron. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like I realize as a father, one of my main jobs is protecting my wife from her children. <laughs> Like, no, your mother will not make you something at 930 at night. (laughs) And then clean up the dishes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That's good. So my my point in in saying that is like sometimes because we're we're just reacting, we can enable certain behaviors because we don't, Mm -hmm. we don't allow someone else to experience a consequence of their own action. Yeah. Uh, And that's, uh, I mean, there was like... I am not one. I've always hated anger. Mm -hmm. Um, And that came from my childhood. I had a bias against anger. And so uh, anger would suddenly make me feel like I was helpless and powerless. And and, uh, and usually I was the brunt maybe of that irritation. And so uh, Stephen... I married the perfect man because he is just not one to yell and scream or do anything like that. We have never been one to be fighting or things. Uh, But if he would just get this look in his face, I could feel it. And that look could control me, you know, and I would get into that fear and oh my gosh, you know. Um, And so as I began to realize Melody, Melody, I, I can't control him, you know, mm-hmm. if he's irritated, he can tell me if he's irritated. But um, I remember one time, like he would say something and he'd have this edge to his voice. And I said, excuse me. And when I started saying, excuse me, I, I don't want you to talk to me like that. And it was like really minor because he was never one to talk to me mean at all. 
But whenever that edge was to his voice, I'd say, excuse me. And he'd go, I'm sorry. <laughs> but see, if I would have let it go, it would yeah. could have become a part of our culture. Mm-hmm. But no, it was like, and I didn't yell. I didn't, ex- you know, scream or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just, mm, no, this isn't acceptable. Yeah. And so what you said, Joel, is very, very good because sometimes um, if we don't see value in ourselves, we do some, put ourselves in some devaluing situations and tolerate people doing things that are unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but if we start rewriting our own personal story of our value and our worth, not in a prideful way, but in a, in a, a way of humility. If we write that when someone is disrespectful, when someone does something, we're not going to flip out because we already know the truth, but we'll just respond with uh, an expectation of what respect should look like. And I think that's godly. I think that's healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. I was thinking about like my own propensity in the past. I've gotten much better at this, but it was that thinking of if I don't do it, the world's going to end, like (laughs) everything's going to fall apart. And what would happen? Everybody else would step back. They go, she's got it. And then it would be like, I'm in this spot again where I'm burning out. And I had to stop and go, that's your fault. (laughs) No one else's. That's your your fault. You're choosing it. And guess what? If you stop choosing it, sometimes people are going to step up and they're going to do a better job than I can do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just not going to get done. And guess what? Life moves on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, Hoorah. That is awesome. I think that's that really the power. illustration. That's really the power of choice. I mean, that's I've right. seen it in my own life where I don't like how my children are reacting. And I'm like, that is you, Joel. <laughs> And I was like, well, if I want that to change, I have to do something about Mm -hmm. that and correct it. So uh, if you can grab a hold of this, you can walk in power and not be a victim of your circumstances. And like I said, there are extreme cases where, but in this conversation, we're more talking about, you know, those that aren't in those extreme cases. Yeah. And that knee jerk is is blame it. Blame, mm-hmm. like like you said, like your kids are irritating you. The knee-jerk reaction is going- They need to fix it. <laughs> this is their problem. I but was like, oh, I modeled that. That's oh, okay. giving away your choice. Like I'm now saying, here, here's my power of choice. I surrender it to you. And my kids can then rule the house. Yeah. <laughs> the other person, I'm, I'm surrendering it. Mm-hmm. Not because I didn't have it, but because I gave it away. Mm-hmm. So just, yeah, this is me. I own it. I get to do something about it. And that might be a process, but it's my process that I get to participate in. What, what's really beautiful about that, however, is that the more we practice it, it soon becomes our way of life. Mm-hmm. And then we're not living volatilely. Yeah. We're not living on the edge. We're not living in fear. Mm-hmm. In fact, when you feel a tinge of fear, you, hmm, I'm not used to feeling that. What's yeah. off? Yeah. And that's that's emotional health. And But it is in our power of choice. And sometimes 
we need people to help us in that. So, because we might not know what our story is. We might not be able to articulate what we're feeling. You know, we might uh, not know maybe destructive ways of thinking. And, you know, there's so many things, but uh, that's why it's so, it's beautiful to talk to people who genuinely love and care for us uh, that please tell me the truth. Tell me what you see. I think like I just, when you said that, like Joel's been really good at this because, and I think you're good at it with everyone, but in my experience, like I'll say, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. And you'd be like, oh, did you do this? The simplest thing. <laughs> I'm like, well, no, but blah, 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 blah. And you're like, well, <laughs> you, there it is. <laughs> like, here's, here's your choice. But we get so wrapped up in the story and the emotions and like the whirlwind of it all and, and our the cycle of it. So when someone else, because now when I see someone else doing that, like if I don't do it, blah, I go, well, <laughs> you're choosing to do it then. And it's your choice if you want to continue down this path. But also if, if you don't, what's the worst that could happen? It's going to be okay. I think one of the reasons why I can offer wisdom like that is because I don't place too much stock in emotions. I think that they are important. I think they are a gift, uh, but they need to be controlled. Mm -hmm. They can't control you. The, the emotions should be submitted to wisdom, yeah. <laughs> not our choices submitted to emotions. Yeah. Absolutely. I think there's one thing we do need to talk about, and we've already gone on a while, but I believe it's very important that we recognize that our actions do affect those that we do life with. Mm -hmm. The choices we make and the actions we take, it's not just about us. It is about others. And yeah. You mean don't be selfish? <laughs> yeah. Don't be self-absorbed? Yeah. But I did, ha I thought of the scripture in Deuteronomy where it says, choose this day, choose life, choose the blessing or choose death, choose the curse. The rest of that scripture says, so that you and your descendants yes. may live. Oh, yes. And I'm taking it a little out of context, but the point being, it affects mm -hmm. people. <laughs> like mm -hmm. my choice is going to affect other people. Mm -hmm. And we cannot take that lightly, especially as followers of Jesus, of going, oh, my life affects the... <laughs> the outcome for other people. Now they still get to choose, but I shouldn't be putting them in positions where they have to fix what I could have just avoided. Yeah, I agree with you. I think a balance of that is like, I look at my kids and say, I have a great responsibility to model things and to lay up uh, just even an inheritance, not necessarily, yes, money, but also like, in the sense of like culture. Yeah. But I recognize they make their own choices yep. and I don't have control over everything that they do. So that balance of, yes, we, we have that responsibility, but kids do dumb things sometimes. And <laughs> I mean, people that, do dumb yeah, things. Exactly. And what's beautiful when they do those dumb things, <laughs> allow them to experience the consequences I'm just saying, don't take of it personally them. just yes. because like, the, because the consequences will be their greatest teacher. Well, the prodigal son, it's like the father was perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, he, the mm -hmm. father represented God. And I think sometimes as parents, we want to protect 
uh, our children or our grandchildren from anything that's difficult. But what really builds self-worth is when I overcome a difficulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not never facing a battle or a problem or a challenge. It's recognizing I actually have the ability to overcome this. It doesn't feel good. It's, it's not comfortable, but I can choose. And when, when a child can learn to choose, you are empowering them. Mm-hmm. But if you want to control every, uh, protect them from anything ever, ever happening, and that's impossible. If they go to school, it's impossible to protect them uh, from everything, but to give them the tools and help them. Okay, what story are you saying? Well, and one just of the help ways them that you prepare them is allow them to experience the consequences of their actions. Right. Don't shelter them from pain. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, you don't want to put them in a situation where they could be destroyed. Right. But but you're the modeling, be, you're yeah. you're coaching, you're supporting, you're you're empowering. Uh, I think we can make a really. Uh, I think it. We don't want to put more on them than is age appropriate. So you wouldn't tell a two year old to go. Um, take the garbage out or something, unless you wanted the garbage <laughs> poured all over. But there's certainly the responsibilities and, and or uh, cut the vegetables. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a much better one. Uh, you don't give them a butcher knife and tell them to help your mom cook dinner. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when we recognize something is age appropriate, where they have the ability to be able to handle that situation that's a good thing. If you give them situations that are beyond their emotional ability to handle that, actually we could be harming them. I will add to that. I think in our society now, we wait so long f- for that. For that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm I'm not one that has done this, but there's people out there, my kids 3 years old, I'm teaching them how to fire a gun or do these things, you know to prepare them. So like, if you look at past generations, I'm like, Oh, <laughs> you, you went to war and you did, <laughs> like, I'm like, nowadays it's like the sheltering of, yeah. and I think that's why like the helicopter mom type yeah, thing. It's like, that's why we have very immature, emotionally immature yeah. children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like the, it's maybe a fine line. I'm not a parent, but like advocacy, it's like, well, I have to advocate for my child. And, you know, you should when it comes to like legitimate things that could cause damage to their life. But it gets to the point where it's like, you're not like, it's not, it's not serving them because they're not building any of those skills of, of how do I actually choose for myself to discover what the outcome is going to be? Because it's just like, that's taken away from them. So you do have to like know where that's appropriate, but. Yeah, if they don't learn how to problem solve, they're in real trouble. Yeah. Unless you want to always be like controlling your kid's life, which I don't want for me at least. Yeah. And I'm sure they don't want it. They told me they don't want it. (laughs) I'm kind of sad about that. (laughs) No, I don't want to be. That means I I want to watch TV rather than do my homework. (laughs) Well, I said when they move out, or I was like, you can come visit us in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. 
But going back, we kind of got off again, but our our choices do affect others. We got off. Well, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about choice. Well, yeah. what I'm saying is that uh, recognize the choices we make it is not a little thing. It's a very big deal mm-hmm. uh, because there are choices that I make that affect those that I love, those that I do life with. And uh, even as believers, the choices we make, uh, we carry influence in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And like there's certain things we have done as pastors through the years that quote unquote might not be bad or morally wrong or whatever it is. There's certain things that we just never went there because we don't want something to cause someone else to sin. There's certain, uh, well, I could be very blunt. I don't drink alcohol. And when, one, I was an alcoholic, so it's totally taboo for me anyway. But uh, I remember someone in the church coming up and says, why don't, why don't you drink? Mm-hmm. And I said, um, Oh, no, it was Stephen who said, he says, well, if you drove up to my house and I was sitting on the front uh, porch with beer in my hand, what would you think? How would that affect you? Uh, And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I get it. I get it. I get it. Because so often we have a standard for ourselves, but not someone else. And uh, to recognize that there are choices that I make that if I would, let's say, I had children and we would have done certain things in our home. We would be saying, this is okay. Like there was never alcohol in our home. Uh, There was never, you know, just different things that was just not a part of our home life. But our big thrill was TV, wasn't it? We didn't have cable or anything way back then. But the biggest things we did that were so champion. John Wayne and Shirley Temple were our (laughs) movies of choice. (laughs) And uh, real party over there. We, yeah, we, we really stretched it, didn't we? And, um, but it's almost like that was the reward for everything. So uh, it's, it's like it, or that's where we chill or that's where we, so we kind of created this little culture that the way that we chill is to watch we didn't have TV, but watch movies or whatever it was. And now I look back and I go, we could have found, we could have made choices. Not that it was wrong to do that. We could still do that, but to make choices that would have created much more value, created much more relational interconnection, you know, yeah. things wouldn't like- Wouldn't be too hard on yourself about I'm, that I mean, one, but- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I think also what you're talking about is a code book issue. Like we oh, talked, that could be. We talked about that last episode about code books. That's true. Yeah, very much so. I just wanted to pull in because we're talking about like how our choices affect other people. Like there is a there's a pattern like in the Bible that whenever you see that someone saw something was good in their own eyes and took it for themselves, it created. Um, a negative outcome for someone else. You just see the pattern whenever you see, and they saw that it was good in their own eyes. They took it for themselves. Wow, that's So good, you Katie. see that like with David and Bathsheba, he saw that it was mm. pleasing in his eyes and mm. he took it. And what did that create? It created death and, you know, emotion, all of that suffering. You see, um, uh, Eve, you see, took, took it or even like um, Potiphar's wife. She saw that Joseph looked good in her eyes. And so she wanted to take it for herself. 
And so those are Uh, kind of big extreme examples, but it it happens in our lives all the time. Whenever I see something as pleasing in my eyes and I take it for myself, I have to understand that in my choice, it is, it could be creating real harm for those around me. And whether that's harm in, in a, big, you know, explosive way, like, you know, David and Bathsheba and the the murder and the adultery and all of those things, which happen every day, to be honest, like affairs happen all the time. Like it could be something like that, or it could just be like, oh, wow. When I made that choice, that created chaos, conflict, issues, emotions. Like I just have to be aware that whenever I'm living only for myself, it's not the way it was designed. Absolutely. Like it's supposed to, my choices are supposed to matter for the collective. Um, yeah, I just, I just, when kind I, when I recognize that, that pattern, that so it, it just, it really opened my eyes and in, in not just when I'm reading the Bible, but like, wow, when I want something that's going to benefit only me and I take it for myself without considering others, I could be really creating a mess Absolutely. and I don't want to do that. That is, you to a whole sermon, Katie, <laughs> right there. You got your next sermon. I know you got your series. But yeah, that's I already a, got my next sermon. That, that, what you just shared is so good. And if we individually would assume that responsibility for the choices we make mm-hmm. in that, may, what would be the life of this younger generation? What would take place in marriages? What would take place in families? Uh, because so often we're, we're trying to suck the life of everyone else from everyone else to meet our need. Yeah. And so, yeah, that is so good. Very, very good. Well, well, one last thing I was thinking of, and then, I mean, if you guys have more, we can talk more about it, but, uh, I think one of the scariest things about change is kind of realizing the things that you thought you were the things that you thought were good m- might have been a harm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a scary thing to be like, wow, the thing that I thought was protecting me was actually hurting me. Mm-hmm. Yes. The thing that I thought uh, brought value to others actually drove people away. And mm-hmm. so you have to be really willing to address yourself with like in, in that question of like, well, what's the best choice to make? What, how can I create the most value? you also have to be willing to confront yourself. Mm-hmm. Like not always looking on the outside of saying, well, if this person did this or, you know, but looking and saying, wow, the things, like you even talked about this before, I thought I was acting out of love, but really it was whatever, self-protection. It was doing what I deemed to be pure, but it, it wasn't. And so Wanting I think- to make a difference. Yeah. Overvaluing making a difference. Yeah. And so- when we talk about making changes within your life, you have to be willing to confront the reality that things that you thought were good might've been detrimental. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and to accept responsibility for those choices. Like you said earlier, Joel, it's hard, but it's so healthy (laughs) and it's so liberating. And, because n- nobody wants to be wrong. Ah, what's the biggest fear? I don't want to make a wrong decision. I don't want to make a wrong decision, which 
that fear drives us to make wrong (laughs) Wrong decisions, decisions, you know? And so we're so afraid of making a wrong decision, but when we can look at that and say, okay, this is what healthy, what, how I'm thinking and how I'm processing and the decisions I've made, they weren't the healthiest and I'm not going to beat myself up, but now I know a better way of thinking and a better way of choosing. What goes back to, is there a time limit to be forgiven? (laughs) That's good. And that could go towards yourself. It's like, hey, you messed up. I believed a lie and now let's move forward. That's right. Like, I don't, I don't think there should be a time limit. I think there's just realizing that there was a wrong or there was a fault and making the changes necessary. And when you're able to do that for yourself, you, you have so much more grace to do it for yeah. others. Well, that's the hope, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It goes back to the central question. What choice can I make? What action can I take in this moment? So... Yeah, I might have been making the wrong decisions for a long time, but now I have new revelation, new information. What do I do right now? That's right. My power is in the moment. So if Life Exchange saved your marriage, (laughs) let us know and we'll get those t-shirts right out. I was just one last thing, like saying when we take and get for ourselves, it caused harm, but... um, we all agreed that love requires choice Mm -hmm. and love, real love will always move towards others. It will always want like, you know, greater love as no man than this, that he lay down his life or, you know, love is patient and kind and doesn't, it's not self-seeking. Like love will always benefit the whole. Yes. It doesn't mean it's taking away from me, but it's adding that net value Um, And so as we're like learning, like, okay, how are my choices affecting my life? How are they affecting those around me? Moving towards love is always going to bring the greatest outcome for all. Amen. Absolutely. And just start with the first one. Love is patient. Love is patient. That's a big one. And I I think it's the passion (laughs) that it says love is incredibly patient. (laughs) Yeah. More emphasis. Practice one of those at a time your your life will change. And as a byproduct, the lives of those around you will change, will be affected. So we never... And not one of us do it perfectly. We're all a work in progress, but every step forward in the right direction... As long as we're working towards that progress. That's right. <laughs> I'm reaching forth and pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's being conformed to the image of Christ. That's a big, big high calling. Yeah. All right. I think we're done. Are we done? Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, again, if you have any topic suggestions you'd like to send, giving, uh, nope, that's the wrong email, lifeexchangepodcast at gmail.com. And um, please be sure to rate and review, subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. And if you have any merch ideas, let us know. <laughs> like any Send sayings. some funding so that we can make the merch. Yeah. All right. We're done. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people.
If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.